Hello, hello, everybody. This is Dr. Stephanie D. Barnes. We're going to begin our broadcast soon of this awesome episode of Conversations from the C-Suite, the Girlfriend's Guide to Being a CEO. You know how we start this out. For those of you, if this is your first time, let me tell you how we get started. We believe in the power of three. I encourage you to invite at least three people to the broadcast and share it out to at least three groups because this is a conversation and I don't want to be talking to myself. So if you just take a few moments and invoke the power of three, invite at least three people to the conversation, share it out to at least three groups, we're going to get started and have an awesome conversation in the C-suite. So I'm going to do what I asked of you. See that rhyme? I'm a bit of a poet, but you do know it. I am a poet. But anyway, I do ask that you invoke the power of free. So I'm going to do that myself. And then we are going to bring our awesome guest to the virtual stage. So let us invoke the power of three and get some folks on this conversation with us. All right, here we go. I'm going to just share a few more, share it out a little to a couple of more people, and then we are going to get started because we're going to have a great conversation tonight. All right, so without any further ado, let's get this party started because this is a conversation with a purpose. And again, I just want to welcome all of you. I am Dr. Stephanie D. Barnes, CEO of C-Suite Women's Network, where I help women and a few good men to be the CEOs of their lives so they can be better CEOs of their businesses. And I want to welcome you to Conversations from the C-Suite the girlfriend's guide to being a CEO. So of course I am your host and it is my pleasure to spark this conversation because there is power when women gather. Every woman needs to have a seat at the table. Every woman needs to be the CEO of her life because when she's the CEO of her life, she does not only creates a table, a seat at the table for herself, but she can create a seat at the table for others. Because this is all about conversation for the purpose of elevation. Now, the C-suite, what's the deal with the C-suite? Well, you know, in any company, the C-suite is where all of the decisions are made. And each of you has a C-suite in your life where you are making the decisions to create the life you desire and deserve. And we want you to be the true CEO when you get to that C-suite. What does that mean? The chief executive officer, as the word suggests, it means you are executing, you are getting things done. The CEO is the one who is responsible for deciding upon the direction, coming up with the plan, deciding the strategy, inspiring a team to bring the strategy to fruition. So CEOs don't do it by themselves. They have great teams, which is why this is a conversation. It's not just me talking. Well, it is just me talking right now, but there will be another on the stage in a few moments. So, you know, where are you in your journey to the C-suite? You are typically in one of three places. You may be a CEO on the rise. You are aspiring to be the CEO of your life. You kind of know what you want to do. You're ready to get started, but you have not quite gotten there yet. You are aspiring to be the CEO of, a, of your life. Then you may be a CEO on the move. All right, you've got some traction. You've got some momentum, but you're ready to take it even further. And then finally, you may actually be the CEO. But here's the thing. 
CEOs are always in a position to go to the next level. Because when you become a CEO, it's not that everything stops and you're through growing. That's when the learning, the improvements just begin. So regardless of where you are, whether you are a CEO in a company or you are reporting to a CEO, you are always the CEO of your life. So again, welcome to Conversations from the C-Suite. Here in the C-Suite, we have powerful conversations. We want you to learn something, feel something, but most of all, we want you to do something. Because it's all about making the CEO moves. How do you make a CEO move? You create circles of influence, you educate and empower yourself, and you operationalize what you learn so that you can optimize your outcome. It's all about the CEO moves that you make. So are you ready? Are you ready to begin your conversation in the C-suite? Well, I tell you, I am ready. I'm excited about bringing to the virtual stage one of my dear friends. We have known each other now a little bit, I guess, almost two years now. We have traveled across the world together. Uh, not quite. We went across the pond. We went to, to London together. We performed internationally together. And I, I tell you, she is a powerhouse. And I'm excited about bringing her to the stage. We're going to be talking about cryptocurrencies, tales from the crypt. So we are excited to discuss this relatively new. It's not new in the whole scheme of things, but for some of you, it may be new, but we want to make sure that we are aware of the ways that we can continue to grow our wealth, because this is a continuation of the series on finances. And so no, no conversation about finances would be complete without introducing or discussing the concept of cryptocurrency. So we brought an expert for you. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about my Dear CEO friend, Rhonda Y. Williams, not just Rhonda Williams, Rhonda Y. Williams. She is a dynamic healthcare leader, author, publisher, speaker, trainer, and coach. She has nearly two decades of leadership experience, and she is an expert in emotional intelligence. And I'm going to bring her back later on for another episode to talk about EQ, getting your EQ together. But tonight, she is here to talk about cryptocurrency because she's not just the CEO. She has her background experience as a nurse. She was a real CEO of a real company, and now she's a real CEO of her own business, and she is the CEO of her life. And she is also known as the dream life coach. So without any further ado, I want to bring to the stage the CEO of the hour, Rhonda Y. Williams. Rhonda, hey girl, how you doing? Hey Steph, how you doing? Oh, it is awesome. It is awesome to be with you again. I tell you, it's just so cool how we have evolved since the first time we met. Both mm -hmm. of us met when we were just beginning our platforms Yes, uh, that we've been working on now, I guess. I guess almost two years. So it's, it's just so great to see you again. Oh, you too. Always, always, always. And it is so, I am so excited to be here in the C-suite, of yes. course, talking to CEOs about what it means to be a CEO in your life and your business. So thank you so much for having me. Yes. Well, you know, I always love to ask my guests the powerful questions, you know, tell us the who, the what, and the why. I've told, said a little bit about who you are and what you do, but I want to hear it in your words, who you are, what you do, and most importantly, why you make the CEO, CEO moves that you do. Sure, sure. So, so again, my name is Rhonda Y. Williams. I'm known as the Dream Life Coach. Um, today, but that wasn't always the case back in back in the day, you know, way back beyond in those old years, you know, those old times. Um, I was um, a registered nurse by I am a nurse by background and um, my background is in healthcare, And so I spent many years in healthcare, you know, working this the floor as a staff nurse and then sort of climbing that ladder climbed into a chief nursing officer, um, climbed myself into the uh, hospital CEO role. Um, after some time, and I thought, why did I climb in the, into this chair? 
sure this is any fun. It was all way too much craziness and drama and all kinds of stuff. I said, uh-uh, I got to get up out of here. So um, I decided that I had enough of that world and um, really at that point started um, sort of recreating myself and doing my own thing, doing some coaching and consulting and, you know, doing some traveling, working with healthcare organizations and I still do quite a bit of that today. I travel. I work with healthcare organizations. I coach them on caring communication. In addition to my coaching individuals and organizations around um, building emotional intelligence, as you mentioned earlier, and I know I'm going to come back later and we'll talk some more about that. And it's going to enter into the conversation today uh, just because when we talk about what is this thing. But anyway, that's a little bit about who I am. So what I do today is I work with individuals and leaders and organizations to um, really help them become more emotionally intelligent because we know that um, the keys to your success do not lie in your IQ, but instead lie in your EQ. And so in order to elevate that success, in order to, you know, sort of um, position yourself as a leader, um, respected leader, inspirational leader, trusted leader within your organization and within your life, as all of us here on the C-suite know, we want to be those uh, that leader in our own life. Um, your emotional intelligence is critical. And so that's what I do today. I really help people flip um, their problems and find the opportunities to grow and shine and emerge out of those. So um, that's a little bit of about who I am and what I do help people to stop spinning and start soaring. All right. Well, awesome. So why do you make the CEO moves that you make? I make the CEO moves I make because because I can. <laughs> that's, that's right. That is a great reason. Because yeah, because I can. And why not, right? Because because if we can, we should. And so there's nothing stopping us but ourselves. The only person holding us back is the person in the mirror. And I refuse for that person to be holding me back. So I want to make CEO moves in my own life. And I want to help other people make CEO moves in theirs. Right. And, and one of the things that I hope that you've heard as, as Rhonda has shared with who she is and, and what she does is she has not been afraid to make changes and to, to try new things and to take risks. And that's one of the hallmarks of being the CEO of your life. And her answer as to why she makes CEO moves you know, because she can is perfect. And each of us can. And that's something that we truly want to embrace is, you know, we don't need permission. Right. You do not need permission from anyone else to be the CEO of your life, to really make those decisions to have the life you desire and deserve. So we have a real CEO in the house who has truly been a great example of taking risks, doing new things, and helping others in, in their on their way to their personal C-suites. So tonight, though, we're going to talk about cryptocurrency. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I met Rhonda, let's see, this was May of 2017, or was it April? Right. April, April, April of 2017. We were in a mastermind together. I guess you could call it a mastermind. Mm -hmm. We went to uh, travel to, to Maryland to do a brand makeover and, and launching our respective brands, respective businesses. I remember Rhonda, some kind of way during one day break, she brought up this thing about cryptocurrency, <laughs> Bitcoin. I'm like, Bitcoin? And you know, I'm thinking about it. At this point, I knew nothing about it. And uh, she sent me this website and she talked about it. I'm like, I don't know about all this. I said, I'm going to check it out. You know, it can't hurt. And I tell you, it took me a while. It took me about a month later. And it cost me about, it cost me about 10 grand. Because <laughs> had, I, had I listened to her and went ahead and invested when she told me about it, uh, I'd, I'd have been uh, at least $10,000. But I waited, but I did get in it. But I wanted to bring her on tonight because as I mentioned we are continuing a series on finances because you can't make CEO moves unless you're making money moves okay and you know there are different ways to create wealth and as we are in the digital age you know we are there tech, there's technology out there that actually helps us to build wealth and so for many of us still we're unfamiliar with this whole concept of cryptocurrency 
And so Rhonda is an expert in this area. She's a personal investor herself. She introduced me to it. And I just thought it would be great for her to share with you about what this is and just different ways that as the CEOs of our lives, for our businesses, for our personal wealth building, that we can learn uh, about how to incorporate cryptocurrency into our wealth strategies. So, you know, get your favorite beverage. I got water tonight. I, I didn't I didn't get any wine. I, I just, I'm just talking about money. So anyway, <laughs> I, I hope that you join the conversation. But, but Rhonda, why don't you share uh, like if there's someone who's listening for the first time, they have no idea what crypto cryptocurrency is, and they're truly like tales from the crypts. What are we talking about the blood in the crypts? Uh, you know what, what's going on? But if you would just give us a, a cryptocurrency 101 to help us understand what this tool is and 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 how we can use it. Sure, sure. So you know when I think about cryptocurrency, um, I think about you know, um, so many times we will make statements about playing with house money and those sorts of things. So, you know, at that point, it's not real. Well, cryptocurrency is a type of digital currency. So it's not something that you can pick up and put in your pocket, right? You're not going to pull a crypto coin out of your pocket. Well, you might because, you know, today they've got everything. So they got little crypto coins and all those sorts of things um, that symbolizes uh, cryptocurrency. Um, because some people just feel the need to have something. But basically, it is really a form of dip, uh, digital currency. And it's um, there's several different forms, right? So there are multiple types of cryptocurrencies. And, and I think that's one of the things about this emerging field. This field is emerging and it's wide open right now. So there is not one type of cryptocurrency. Most of us are familiar with Bitcoin, which is sort of, um, if, for back, lack of a better term, the big daddy on the block is what uh, Bitcoin is. But there are hundreds and hundreds of cryptocurrencies out, out there. Um, there is also um, crypto tokens that are not actually sort of currency, but there are other uh, forms of digital um, tokens and utilities um, that you can use. So cryptocurrency is nothing more than digital money. Okay. All right. So how do you how do you use this digital money? Because I tell you, when 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 Rhonda first started talking about like it's about two years a year ago, and uh, she brought this whole concept of digital money. I'm like, okay, you know, I need to see my coins. You know, how does this work? <laughs> You know, how, how does one spend a digital currency, whether it is Bitcoin, this, now there's there's like, like she said, there are hundreds. Ethereum is one, CoinLite is one, Litecoin. Litecoin, see, I had it back, I'm sorry. I, I got some distinction. <laughs> Don't roll with me. But, you know, there are lots of different names out there, but we're just going to refer to them just generally as cryptocurrency. But, like, how do you spend it? What do you, how do you get this, how do you pull money out the internet? <laughs> so that's a great question. So um, when you're thinking about a digital currency, the first thing you want to do is you want to think about a digital wallet, right? So you need some place to store and to hold your digital money. You can't put it in your pocket, so you got to put it somewhere. So there are these secure um, sites online called digital, uh, digital wallets. So you basically want to buy your cryptocurrency. You can store those in your digital wallet. And then currently, we've got a couple of different systems. We've got our traditional banking system, right, um, with the ATMs and your Bank of Americas. And so you've got your traditional uh, banking systems. And then you've got crypto and digital uh, banking systems. Currently, today, they don't talk to each other as smoothly as they should, but that is a, a work in progress. So what you can do is there are bridges. There are third party um, applications and even some of the crypto apps themselves that are trying to bridge the divide between the regular banking system and your digital banking system. So um, for instance, there are websites online where you can shop and spend some of your digital um, currency. Um, there are some of the bigger um, websites that are really looking into accepting them. Some have gone, some have gone back, they've gone back and forth. Um, but the bottom line is you can withdraw these. Um, I don't know if you know about this stuff, but there are digital AT, uh, the cryptocurrency ATM machines. Yes, and I was, I was going to mention that the gas station is literally 
at the top of the hill uh, around the corner from my house, it has a, a, a uh, I think they call it a bit, I think it's a Bitcoin ATM or something, but it's yeah. an ATM for digital uh, digital currency. And I'm like, oh, wow. So this yeah. is, you're beginning to see it more and more mainstream because right. I know that even a year ago, you know, you, you really only kind of heard about it, but now as it is growing, and uh, people, more people are becoming aware of it, more people are exchanging it. Yep. You know, you're beginning to see it kind of, I'd say transcend the kind of things that we're more familiar with. We're familiar with an ATM. We may not right. be as familiar with, with a digital wallet. Right, right. And there is, you know, um, some uh, of the um, digital um, sort of, for lack of a better term, creators, um, have created applications where you can load up multiple different digital um, cryptocurrencies and you could go into a coffee shop and say, here, pay with my digital currency. But some of this is still in progress as we get it to become more mainstream. Um, right now, many people are buying or um, purchasing cryptocurrencies um, as a form of investment and they're holding on to those cryptocurrencies. Um, as a, you know, sort of a store of value, just like you would buy some gold and hold on to it, right? They're holding on to cryptocurrencies. Uh, and the, the market is in flux a little bit right now because they're still trying to get their sea legs, right? They're trying to figure out, okay, are we going to be sort of a store of value that people are going to buy us and hold on to us for years and years and years? Or are we going to be very transactional? There are currencies out there that are um, sort of modeled themselves to be rapid transaction with very low fees types of thing. And I think we'll continue to see this market emerge. But one of the things I wanted to touch on quickly with this plays so closely with my passion for emotional intelligence, because when this this new thing is out there, right? So I was talking to my dad and, and my dad, I said, so dad, are you going to get you some Bitcoin? My dad said, some bit who? Some what? <laughs> <laughs> said, so what is that? And I said, well, you know, the new digital currency. It's like digital currency. Can I touch it? Can I feel it? Oh, baby, I don't know about that. I don't, I don't think I can do that. You let me know when they get something I can put in my wallet, right? And so for many of us, we have lived in the mainstream with a, a, dollar, a dollar bill and a credit card for so long that the idea of digital currency is very scary. It doesn't feel real, it doesn't sound real. And so we hold off and we sit back and we wanna wait. But let me just ask all the viewers this question. If you knew um, back then what you know now about Google and Apple, oh would you be sitting back or would you be going, no, I wanna purchase some of that right now, right? And then you can just hold on to it. I think that's where we are in a digital space and because it's very rocky right now, um, people are fearful of it. But you know what? I mean, you can develop a plan for yourself that doesn't have to be too intense, right? Doesn't have to be too scary. Just get in a little bit at a time. And then until you get yourself familiar with it and use that to break the cycle of that EQ that can sort of stick you in the in the traditional old days. Right. Because right. I know like, like the hesitation that, that I had when uh, uh, Rhonda brought me um years uh, a year ago was kind of this this whole it was an eq issue in that you know i couldn't see it i couldn't feel it i'm like how you make money on the internet was somebody just going there make up make it come up with a web page and and now all of a sudden they got some some digital currency you know i didn't really understand it and it's all about you know being willing to be informed which yes. is why you know it, it's important to have these types of conversations because you don't know what you don't know. Exactly. And until you ask the question, uh, you won't know. So I'm going to ask a lot of questions. I'm going to put myself in, in the, in the, in the seat of, of someone out there who may have some questions because I know one of the, the, the things that, you know, initially, cause I'm just an investor. I don't really use it to, to trade. I mean, to, um, to, to buy things with, I I'm, I'm holding on to it as an investment. But like, for example, um, and I, I should have looked this up right before the show started to see like what one Bitcoin went for if you went to try and, and buy it today. I think the last time I looked, it was like six grand and some change. Yep. Somewhere, somewhere about, around. About 6,200. Yeah. Okay. So let's just say to buy, if I wanted to buy a Bitcoin today, 
it would cost me say $6,200. Right. Now, am I going to go into a coffee shop? If I want to use the Bitcoin, is it not going to cost me $6,200 to buy a cup of coffee if I want to use my Bitcoins? I mean, how does that work? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now, I invest in some coffee. I like me some good Starbucks every once in a while. You know, I'm a coffee snob. I pay a lot of money, but I ain't finna pay $6,200 for no coffee. But seriously, <laughs> how does that work? <laughs> well, one of the things about a Bitcoin is a Bitcoin is a pretty incredible in that a whole Bitcoin is $6,200. However, a Bitcoin can be divided up into a million bits. So you can buy it in increments that small. So you can buy, especially for the hesitant investor and for those really just trying to get acclimated to this whole crypto world, you can buy little itty bitty pieces of it, which is I think pretty, pretty cool that you can, you know, buy these small pieces and you don't have to, you can decide that, okay, every paycheck I'm going to invest $25 and buy $25 worth of Bitcoin. That won't hurt too much, right? That's like a pizza party at my house every other day or whatever. So, you know, you can you can buy something like that and you can save it up and invest. So a Bitcoin can be broken down into very, very small increments that are purchasable. So you can purchase those small increments. Likewise, when you are ready to spend, you can spend those small increments also. Okay, so I don't have to go out and buy a whole $6,200 cup of coffee. No. <laughs> <laughs> and I wouldn't recommend that. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, and like you say, you know, it, it, it's all about learning things. And just like with, with any other stock. I mean, you know, I think about the story of uh, Jeff Bezos' uh, parents who helped him to start Amazon. Is it Bezos or Bezos? I always think about Bezos. Bezos. I knew, as soon as I said it, I'm like, I ain't say it right. But anyway, I knew what I was talking about. Jeff Bezos. Now I got to concentrate so I say correct. Jeff Bezos. Uh, they were just talking about his parents. I think they gave him, I can't remember what it was, maybe $2,000 or something like that. They gave him a relatively small amount of money to start, his, uh, to help him start up Amazon. Right. And now that the value of what they gave their son, just, hey, you know, we're going to help you out with your little business you're trying to do. Right. <laughs> you know, they're, now they're, they're like multi that the stock their their the stock that they purchased uh, or invested in is worth is is multi million dollar uh, investment and so it's kind of like thinking about this is it's all about getting started you yep. don't go, I don't think anyone even though it is acknowledged that you know this is a form of currency that is going to be around in some form you know it's right. volatile right now that you know it's growing at different kinds but digital currency is here and it's not going to go away yep so, exactly. but i don't think anyone is recommending hey you go put your whole life savings into it <laughs> but it's all about you know diversifying your portfolio which is why you know i wanted to just introduce this concept of cryptocurrency because you know if we're going to uh, build wealth we have to diversify our income streams we talked about i think three three or four episodes ago when we had Umama Marzouk on, we talked about the, the different streams of income. I think it was eight streams of income that is recommended that you build up to. And one of those is investments in, in things like, you know, stock yeah. and, um, and, and digital currency. If you want to just hold on to it uh, and let the value build. But it's all about learning what's out there so that you're not essentially um, married to this strategy of putting your cash in a mattress right exactly uh, it, and uh and then on the other hand what you don't want to do is to make decisions where basically you're just uh spending your money on buying lottery tickets i mean that's a form of investment but you know that's that's not the, the best strategy to go but we wanted to make sure that that you knew about it so i just wanted to take a a, a moment to bring you our our note from our sponsor c-suite women's network this episode is brought to you by c-suite women's network where you can go for your professional and personal leadership development strategic planning and organizational performance excellence needs the mission at c-suite women's C-Suite Women's Network. I can't talk tonight. I'm all excited about this topic. But the mission of C-Suite Women's Network is to equip women to be the CEOs of their lives, to use their education, experiences, and influence to create the life they desire and deserve. 
So to be the CEO of your life, you can be a better CEO of your business. You can get equipped to get the results that you desire. You can go to www.discovertheceoinyou to schedule your strategy session today. So thanks a lot, C-Suite Women's Network, for bringing this episode tonight. So what I wanted to, to segue into is, you know, if, if someone wants to get started into this, you know, because we've just kind of talked about a couple, but how do you figure out, how do you find digital, I mean, digital currency? How do, do you just type in cryptocurrency? Do you just type in digital uh, currency? You know, how do you figure out what, what forms of cryptocurrencies there are out there that you might want to invest in? Sure. Well, um, that's a really great, great question. And there is a resource out there um, that I would definitely recommend and everyone go to um, as a starting point. And it is called, let me just give you that. It is called coinmarketcap.com. Coin, uh oh, I need to learn how to spell coin. Mm -hmm. Market, capcap.com. Okay, so I'm going to put that up so you can see it, coinmarketcap.com. That is a resource. Yes, and this and this um, is a wealth of information. It has um, all of the, the top 100 uh, cryptocurrencies listed. Um, it has um, their performance, uh, shows you the graphs of their performance, how much they've changed in the past 24 hours. But I think even more importantly for folks looking to get started, when you click on one of these, um, let's say you pull it up and you click on Bitcoin, then there's a wealth of information there. It gives you the historical data. You can pull up the historical um, trading data uh, for Bitcoin. You can click to a website that gives you more information. Um, there are chat rooms where people are talking about the different cryptocurrencies. Um, and so this is, I think, is a really great place to start. Um, I check it frequently just to see sort of what the current rates are of the uh, or of sort of the top 10 coins. Um, the coins tend to uh, sometimes do some jockeying back and forth. So in that top 10, top 20, um, they'll uh, trade back and forth uh, in terms of positions. So I'll go there to watch all of that information happening. Um, it tells you how much volume is being traded. So it is a ton of great information. And if you're just looking to say, gosh, well, maybe I want to get invested in a cryptocurrency. Let me go check out one of these. You can definitely go to CoinMarketCap and you can just scroll through, take a look, click on one of them and then explore a little bit deeper and a little bit further. Okay. So that's really great. Um, a great way to, to begin this search and to, and to know kind of the, I'd say, legitimate sites that are out there. You know, how do we avoid buying uh, Pukinim's digital currency that they have made up and put on put out there on the Internet? You know, how do we assure that what we're actually buying is a true digital currency? If yes. it's not on here, is it is it, uh, you know, is this kind of a if it's not here, it's not real uh, type of resource or, you know, what are the ways that we can protect ourselves? So that we just not going out there participating in somebody's scam. Sure. You know, that's a really great question. And cryptocurrency is pretty much like every other investment. You want to be an educated investor. And so that means you're going to have to do your homework um, because the field is so new. Unfortunately, there are risks out there. There are companies out there that are developing coins for no other reason than to take your money. That's mm -hmm. just, you know, that just is what it is. Um, and so I am cautious about investing in what we call ICOs, which is um, startup coins uh, when they're just getting started. It's called initial coin offering. Um, I'm cautious about those, although there are sometimes when you see an IO and you think to your uh, ICO and you think to yourself, oh, my gosh, this could change the world. Right. This sounds revolutionary. But again, you're going to do your homework. So you're going to go into the coin. You're going to look at the roadmap. You're going to try to identify who the team is because most of them have white papers and roadmaps that talks about their strategy over the next one to three years. Um, and that usually is pretty helpful. Um, look at the team. Are they credible folks? And, and 
you know, do they have folks on their field, on their team that have been involved in other cryptocurrencies or in the digital space? Or is this just a bunch of folks that, you know, yesterday they were all working at Sam's Club and today now they're forming a cryptocurrency, right? So those are the kinds of things looking for that social uh, proof and that credibility proof. Um, also, oh my gosh, YouTube is a fantastic, fantastic place to go. If there's a coin that you think might look good, I would definitely go type it into YouTube and see what folks are saying about it. You'll get a balance. Sometimes you'll get folks agreeing or disagreeing, but the whole idea is to give you a wealth of information so that then you can make an informed decision about whether or not. And if they're not in that first, you know, 10, 20 range on coin market cap, you know, you're increasing your risk um, potential uh, a little bit. Um, not tremendously, because, you know, there are a lot of coins out there and some of them are just slow starters. Some of them are getting going nicely, but you want to be aware of that. So um, do your homework, do your research, find something you can believe in. For instance, um, I'll give you an example. I invested in this one coin that had this big, huge vision of bridging that divide, like I talked about earlier, between the traditional market and the and the crypto market. Right. And I thought to myself, gosh, if, if a couple of coins could do this really well and really effectively, it would be tremendous because what it would take from sort of a multi part transaction down to a single one or two part transaction. Right. Instead of using your credit card, then you've got to buy digital currency and then you've got to put it in a wallet and then you've got to, you know, hold on to that. You've got to make sure you have a third party app that you can sell it at this other location. What if we can make it more direct from one place to another? And so, you know, I invested in this coin and I'm just sitting on it for dear, dear life. You know, they they send us updates regularly and that sort of thing. And it's been kind of fun to be a part of it. I believe in it. And so, you know, I didn't invest a ton in it. And if it does well, I'll probably make a good amount. And if it doesn't do too well, I didn't lose a ton. So there you go, you know. So it's, it's all about, you know, and the whole point of this is, again, having a conversation. Because what I'm hoping is that someone who watches, someone who's listening will say, hey, you know what? I'm going to go to coinmarketcap.com and I'm just going to see what's out there right, and right. begin to have the conversation. Because, you know, it's important, you know, again, as the CEO of your life, but also, because we talked about early on, I said, you know, it's, it's about having a seat at the table, but not just having a seat at the table for you, but giving a seat at the table for others. And so, you know, we invoke the power of three in inviting people to actually come on here. But one of the things that I challenge you is just to begin to have more conversations about cryptocurrency. Because, you know, you have a lot of high-profile investors who believe in this in this type of wealth building. and so these are not people. Yeah, your, your audio sort of it went low for a minute or oh, okay, it went low. Okay, there we go. Awesome, my back. <laughs> okay, awesome. Thank you so much for letting me know. Because of course, to me, it sounds like I'm talking loud. Anyway, uh, but you know, this is I, I want us to all have the conversations because. You know, it's all about building wealth, not only to just do the things you want to do in everyday life, but building a legacy for your family, building a legacy for your community, and building a legacy as a CEO. So, you know, one of the things that you talked about that I'm just very intrigued about is this whole concept of an ICO. Now, of course, before, I had never really thought of an ICO, but of course, you know what an IPO is, and it's a public offering, you know, when a company goes public and begins to offer its stock to the public uh, for the first time or, or the, the opportunity to invest. But I never really had thought about the concept of an ICO, an initial coin offering. Right. Let's say I am an aspiring CEO and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to have me a SDB coin, you know? <laughs> how, how would I go about it? How does one start? How do ICOs how does someone just begin to offer digital uh, currency? They think, uh, did they go and buy the program and now poof, all of this digital currency is available? But how does this happen? How does it begin? Yeah, that's a really great question. And you know, what happens with, uh, with digital currency um, is someone has um, a vision, right? I, I want a coin that can do X, Y, and Z. And so they start with their coin based on what we have available today. 
the idea is always to, to improve, right? I can improve on Bitcoin by making transactions faster. I can improve on, you know, Litecoin by changing the, the infrastructure underneath or whatever their vision is for these different coins. So you want to first start with a vision of what you want your coins to do um, and sort of where you want to see them go and how you see them changing and improving the marketplace and improving lives of everyday folks like us. Um, and then you've got to hire a team. You, you need a team of developers that are going to actually write the, the algorithms and uh, the programming for your coin. Um, you've got a lot of decisions to make. You've got to decide, are you going to uh, base it on an existing platform? Like, are you going to use sort of a Bitcoin sort of structure? Or are you going to use a platform like Ethereum that uses something called smart contracts? And um, you can actually build onto the Ethereum network and build your own, own coin off of their infrastructure. Um, there are several other coins out there that you can build on their infrastructure as well. Um, there are some organizations out there that are starting their own blockchain um, because they want specific and uniqueness associated with, um, with their coin. And so you've got to hire a team of crack programmers that are going to help program your coin. You've got to determine your platform. You've got to determine your roadmap. You've got to put an amazing team together that's going to be able to cover all of the financial aspects of it. You know, um, and the financial regulations are getting more and more intense in various countries. Some countries are, are very crypto friendly. Mm -hmm. um, some countries are not so much because they don't quite believe in it yet. And so there is a wide array out there of how people feel about cryptocurrencies. And so you want to be uh, aware of all of that as you decide that you're going to start the SDB coin. Uh, yeah, because one of the things that I was thinking about as you were talking about, you know, the initial coin offering and kind of how this, how this gets started, you know, what is the difference between an ICO and crowdfunding? You know, if somebody, because I know we've heard the term crowdfunding, I'm not talking about GoFundMe, but by crowdfunding, you know, what is, is, is this a, is it a form of, crowd, of, uh, of crowdfunding or is it more like the traditional IPO that we are familiar with? In effect, it, it really is a, a form of crowdfunding. And that's what um, the regulatory bodies right now are looking at because they're saying, okay, the, so ICOs, you guys are raising a ton of money. You're basically saying to the public, here's my plan. Please trust me. <laughs> Right. Please trust me that I'm going to deliver on this plan as I say I will. And there's and the consumer really often has no recourse or anything, which is one of the reasons why um, I hear a little static. I'm not sure what that is, um, which is really uh, one of the reasons why um, they have started to tighten up a little bit on ICOs. When cryptocurrencies first started, everyone and their mother was launching an ICU. Oh, and they were making a ton of money because think about it. Yeah. Think about purchasing stocks and what that takes for the average investor like you and I, right? If we want to buy a stock, we've got to go through a broker and, you know, we've got to try to be informed. We've got to set up accounts. Well, crypto became the wild, wild west, right? So you could just go out there and, oh, here's a new ICO, just put in your credit card information and mm -hmm. hope for the best. And so now the regulatory bodies are saying, mm, maybe not so much. This is probably not good because it's too risky for consumers. So they're starting to put some structure around that in order to help protect us, while at the same time trying not to stifle creativity. Because guess what? We are living in the digital age and you know how fast technology moves. Do you know, um, Stephanie, there are entire countries that use nothing but digital currency? Wow, really? Some of the underserved countries, because here's what happened. You got your traditional banking systems who said, it's not really profitable for us to come into your country because you all don't really have much money. And it takes us money to run this operation. And so there were countries that were really underserved by the banking population. So these digital um, currencies came and began to fill that void. So they're okay. relatively new for us. But, you know, in some countries, they've been doing this for quite a while. So it's really interesting to see how it's sort of, you know, really getting into the fabric and the culture of who we are. Do you think that digital crypto, uh, digital currency, I was going to make a whole word, digital, digital cryptocy, is what <laughs> I was about to, that's, that's not a real word, digital currency 
will ever replace uh, the traditional currencies that we are familiar with? Um, not if the traditional banking systems have anything to say about it. Because <laughs> let me tell you, they are fighting like cats and dogs right now, trying to hold on to their space. I mean, think about how powerful this is. Yeah. Banking systems operate in a centralized way, which means you have a governing body for that banking system that's controlling everything. Yeah. Cryptocurrencies is actually really designed to be the opposite. It's designed to be decentralized where there is no one person or no one group controlling it. We haven't talked about it yet, but in terms of the blockchain, mm -hmm. right? And what the blockchain actually is. So the blockchain is the platform that makes digital currencies possible. Okay. It's the technology that allows these uh, cryptocurrencies and these digital currencies to be safe and to um, allow them to um, have all of these micro transactions without you going in. You can't go in and you can't alter it. You can't change it. So here's a way to think about the blockchain. When I think about it, let's say I wanted to give you, um, let's say I made a copy of this really valuable certificate I have, and I mm -hmm. need you to keep it safe from me. Matter of fact, I just need it safe. So I'm going to make 2 million copies of it. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to give a copy to all these different people. You have no idea who the people are. So in order for you to steal it or change it or become fraudulent, you have to get all two million copies. Well, you have no idea who the folks are. Yeah. So that's the concept behind the blockchain. In essence, you someone writes a record by conducting a transaction. That transaction goes out to a million computers all around the world. Ah. And, and so they themselves, they all go in, they verify the transaction. They say, yep, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. And once it's verified by so many, then it locks and it creates, quote, a new block on the blockchain that's not alterable. And or if anyone went in and tried to change it, let's say even if I broke into your house and stole my certificate, right? Mm -hmm. I don't have all the other certificates, so it's still no good. Ah. That is the concept of what the blockchain is is founded on, which is why they say, gosh, it's not only about I want you to think about this with me for a second, because I was pretty fascinated by the blockchain. Not only is it valuable for cryptocurrencies, they are saying any record of value they are now putting trying to develop blockchain technologies for. Think about a record of value, your home purchase, your medical records, your all of these things. They are developing applications because you can secure them on the blockchain where you can have them be publicly available, but yet you can't alter them. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, I'm glad you explained the blockchain because that was going to be one of my next questions. You know, is this like Lego blocks? Is this Bill <laughs> blocks? You know, what is this blockchain technology? But that is, a, that is, I think, one of the best and most simplest ways that I've heard it explained that really helped my little brain. <laughs> Um, you know, uh, understand how it works. Yes. You know, one of the one of the things that you know I think some people get fearful about is like, is this creating some type of alter economy? Is this like the Matrix? Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you know, is this something that's going to destabilize our economy? You know, and you you kind of touched on this in some different points throughout our conversation tonight. But like, you know, is this something? You know, if everybody goes out and buys digital currency, does it destabilize our economy? Does it does it make it more stable? You know, what does it do to like the bigger picture of 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 how we conduct business? Um, you know, I guess just on a national platform, and and then you know, of course, we're we're in a global economy. But sure. you know, is this the matrix? Is this the red pill or the blue? You know, what's <laughs> going on here? <laughs> You know, I think with any technology, right, and this is really what I love about technology, for every instance of a positive that comes with the technology, someone nefarious out there can try to do something underhanded and sneaky with it, right? That's just the world we live in. And mm -hmm. so um, there is that potential. I know a lot of people say, oh, don't use Bitcoin because it's used by, you know, hackers and they steal your money with it and all that. Well, there's a percentage of that, but the, the grand scheme of things is it's being used um, for real reasons by real people who are either purchasing and investing or purchasing and using it for transactions. So there is definitely that. However, in terms of the big picture, 
there is a lot of talk out there about which currencies uh, Bitcoins and cryptocurrencies can replace um, mm -hmm. because of the utility. Because think about this for a step uh, for a second, Stephanie. When we went to London, remember mm -hmm. we had to change our money over, right. right? And we had to make sure that we were using the currency for the local currency. Right. We wouldn't have to do that with cryptocurrency because that cryptocurrency could would be known in whatever location that you were in you would have no transaction fees you wouldn't have to translate it and you know there's extra fees every time you trans so there's a lot of talk about bridging our different countries and bringing us together in terms of how we use money um, around the cryptocurrencies and it's still it's still just an infant it is mm -hmm. such a baby today i can honestly not even imagine for a, for um something like this that was able to shoot up and hit $20,000 and then go back down and try to stabilize itself. I mean, it's pretty amazing where this cryptocurrency is. And I can only imagine where it's going to be in 10 or 15 years. Yeah. So, you know, the, the takeaways here is, you know, first of all, just to, to make sure that you educate yourself. We've given you a great resource where you can go and learn for yourself. And of course, you know, the lawyer in me wants to say, look at here now. Yeah. We're telling you. We're not giving you no financial advice. We're not you to go out here and do anything. We are sharing information for you to go out and make decisions. <laughs> we just put that disclaimer out there. But but again, what we wanted you to do, or what I what I really wanted to achieve with this conversation is again to get us to thinking about different ways to build our wealth. You know, we've heard that, you know. One, there is such a thing as digital currency. Because for some of us, even though this has been around for how many years would you say this is? I know like it's it's been at its height probably in terms of just discussion and, 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 and becoming more mainstream, I'd say in the last year, but it's not right. just around in the last year. Correct. It's been probably really gaining traction since about 2009. Between 2009 and 2012, it really started getting settled. And then in 2012, I think it really kind of started taking off. Right, right. So even though it's been around for a relatively short period of time, it's been mm -hmm. talked about probably more mainstream. Because again, you know, even a year ago, you didn't you didn't see digital currency ATMs. You didn't see, uh, you know, the little signs that says, uh, cryptocurrency accepted here or, or different, uh, maybe different forms of cryptocurrency. You just didn't see it in mainstream. And I know like in the past year, really, you know, it, it's, you're beginning to see more and more that it's not more of this foreign concept, but right. there's still a lot of people who don't understand it. Yeah. I understand enough about it to be dangerous. And, <laughs> uh, and again, Brad, I really thank you for the description of the blockchain because before, uh, you know, you described it in that way. I really was having difficulty with even understanding, you know, how that how that works. So I thank you for that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we want you to be informed and make the decision so that, you know, one, you can have it as one of the things that you consider for your own personal and, and a, a wealth building and, and personal um, portfolio. But maybe you're going to have your own ICO one day mm -hmm. because, one of the things that I want to encourage you to do with every topic that we talk about, you know, tonight we happen to be talking about cryptocurrency, but to always think big and to think that, you know, what is the difference between, um, you know, uh, Bill Gates and, and uh, Steve Jobs and, and Bezos in terms of, of what they've been able to do? You know, they started small, just like you may be right now. So, you know, if you learn enough about cryptocurrency, maybe you have your own ICO. And instead of buying cryptocurrency as some from somebody else's portfolio, you're creating wealth yourself and you are you are part of the producer. Because one of the ultimate goals with our financial series is helping CEOs, particularly women CEOs, to become producers and not just consumers. Right. Uh, because you know you can't make CEO moves if you can't make the money moves. <laughs> so I do want to just thank you so much, Fonda, for sharing with us, and just wanted to see if you had uh, any closing remarks or just kind of uh, anything that we haven't touched upon that you want to share with everybody tonight with respect to what they need to be thinking about with cryptocurrency in particular or wealth building in particular. 
Yeah, I think the, the one thing I, I would leave um, the um, audience with is um, to be willing to explore, right? And so I always go back to the EQ and, and really our emotional intelligence and those fears that we have that tell us um, either number one, we think we know what we should be doing. And really at the time, we really don't know what's out there. We don't know what we don't know. So be willing to open yourself up. Be willing to be confident that if it doesn't work out, you're still going to be okay. It's not going to be the end of the world, right? So if you know you're going to be okay, it allows you to go out there and test the waters a little bit. We don't want you to do anything crazy, but we just want you to stick a toe in here and there. That's we told you. And that goes for cryptocurrencies and other forms of wealth building as well to build your portfolio because we know um, that you're going to need those multiple streams of in income and revenue so that you can make those CEO moves in your life. So I encourage you to go learn about cryptocurrency. Um, YouTube has amazing number of really great educational videos out there that are just designed to help you raise your awareness so that you can get more informed and then you can go and decide um, what is for you and what is not for you. The other thing I wanna to touch on really quickly um, before we go about cryptocurrencies is you can do more than purchase it. You can trade it. Let, this past year, I got into cryptocurrency trading, which was just crazy, right? So I thought, well, I don't really know how to trade, but what the heck, right? What's the worst that can happen? I lose a few dollars and okay, life will go on tomorrow. So um, so I have been trading cryptocurrency a little bit, which is kind of cool. You sort of ride the ups and downs and you can make a little money. Let's say you put in $25. If you can trade well enough, you could end up with 50 or $75 just off that 25. So I just want to throw that out there. That is more than just purchasing. There are all different types of ways that you can invest in cryptocurrency. Um, I encourage you to open your hearts and your minds. Go explore and be confident that whatever decision you make, your EQ will help you and you will be okay. All right. Well, thank you so much, Fonda. Of course, it's always a pleasure to, to uh, be around you, to talk to you. I always learn so much and I'm just grateful that we got a chance to meet each other last April when we were building our brands, building our empires. And I'm glad I listened to you because like I said, I made me a little piece of change. I could have made a little bit more if I had if it acted a little further, but you know. I'll send, you, I'll send you the bill for that later, Stephanie. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, right. Well, I just want to thank you. So if, if people want to ask additional questions of you or send uh, or get any information from you or just keep in contact with you, because like I said, we're going to bring her back on and talk more about this whole concept of emotional, your emotional quotient and emotional intelligence, your EQ. We want to, uh, we will bring her back, but how can people get in contact with you? How can they find you? Where can they find the Dream Life Coach? Sure. So I am on um, Facebook and also on Twitter. You can find me at, uh, you can reach my Facebook page at um, Real Dream Life on Facebook. Just type in Real Dream Life and you'll come up with me. Um, and then uh, you can go to at Real Dream Life and connect with me and friend me. And I'd be happy to share additional information um, any information that you want around crypto or emotional intelligence as well, if you're struggling with something in your own life that you're trying to improve, um, you can definitely reach out to me and I'm happy to help um, in any of those ways. You can visit my website also at thedreamlifecoach.com. Um, take a visit over there as well. All right. Well, thank you so much. As always, it's always good to have conversations with you and I will see you next time. I just want to thank you so much for being a part. Yes. All the conversations from the street. So y'all give her a virtual round of applause and say yes. thank you. Thanks for inviting me. It's been I'll a blast. Bye, Steph. Bye-bye. All right, y'all. So thank you so much for being part of Conversations from the C-Suite Girlfriend's Guide to Being a CEO. It is always great to have powerful conversations. And hopefully tonight, you have truly learned something because again, in the C-suite, we want you to feel something, get inspired, learn something, be educated, but most of all, do something because you know, whether you report to a CEO or whether you are the CEO of your business, you are always the CEO of your life. And so we want you to focus on strategies that will help you to capitalize on your most powerful asset, 
which is the power of choice. So remember, the power is not in the conversation, but the strategy that you develop from the conversation. So make sure that you truly make those CEO moves. We want you to create your circle of influence, educate yourself so that you can elevate yourself and operationalize what you learn so that you can optimize your outcomes. So until next time, thank you so much. I am Dr. Stephanie B. Barnes, CEO of C-Suite Women's Network, where I help women and a few good men to be the CEOs of their lives. And I thank you for joining me in the C-Suite to have these powerful conversations tonight. So remember, power is not in the conversation, but in your CEO moves. So don't just talk about it, baby, be about it. But don't wait. Remember, wait broke the scale. Now is the best time to do what you know needs to be done. And as I always like to remind you, your life is the product of your choices. Choose to be the CEO of your life. Until next time, I am Dr. Stephanie D. Bond signing out of the C-Suite. Thank you so much for joining the conversation.